scripture this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Our uh, preacher this morning is um, one of our young seminarians. His name's Andrew Happ. And Andrew's a familiar face around here. He works uh, with our 412 youth ministry, and he's involved in just about everything a young man can be involved in while still uh, working uh, a regular job and now going to school this year. So uh, we are very excited to allow him the opportunity and allow us the opportunity to see what God's doing in his life. So would you join with me in prayer for Andrew? Lord, we thank you so much this day, Lord, for the work that you're doing in Andrew's life, God. And I thank you for the way that you're speaking through him. I thank you for his example to our, our young men, Lord, and our young women in, in our ministry, God. And I pray that as he comes today to share your word Lord, that you'd give him boldness and confidence, that you'd give him a spirit, Lord, of, of love and grace because of the great work that you have done in his life and that you are continuing to do through his life. Father, give us, uh, your church here today, the, the ears to hear the words that you would speak through your servant, Andrew. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. As Keith said, I'm Andrew Hap, and uh, let's get started right away this morning. Um, the scripture that Paul's speaking to us in Romans reminds me and should remind you of the familiar story in the Old Testament of Abraham and his son Isaac. Um, God has asked Abraham to do the unthinkable in, uh, in Genesis. He asked him to uh, offer his son Isaac as a burnt offering to God. Without hesitation, Abraham says, yeah. So Abraham loads up two men and his son Isaac in some wood and all the materials that it takes to build an altar, and they head for the mountain of Moriah. When they arrive to the mountain, Abraham tells the two men on the donkey to stay there while him and Isaac go up and build an altar. On their way up, Abraham and Isaac, you know, Isaac's carrying the wood for the offering, and then Isaac, just it just comes upon him to ask Abraham, Dad, what's the offering? What are we sacrificing? Abraham says, God will provide that offering. 
When they get to the top of the mountain and they, Abraham builds the altar, places the wood down, ties Isaac up, and places him on top of the altar, and then he proceeds to pull a knife out. And at that moment, an angel of the Lord screams out, Abraham. And he looks over, and there's a, a ram in the bushes. And that was the sacrifice that was made, not Isaac. Now, why is this so important for Abraham? God had tested Abraham. God had given Abraham many things we read through, through Genesis, through the Old Testament. And he wanted to make sure that God was still at the center of his life. It was a true test for the relationship, and Abraham had passed. You see, Abraham and his wife Sarah could not have a child for the longest time. They prayed, and they, they asked God to, to bless them with a child, and God did so. Isaac was the, was the gift to Abraham and Sarah. So God asked Abraham the very precious thing, the one thing that Abraham had wanted the most, to give it up. And without even thinking twice, Abraham did. Even with his son going up the mountain, Dad, what's the sacrifice? He said, God will provide that sacrifice. He was the father of faith, they say in the, the, in the Bible. Now, why for us? Why is this, how does this relate to us, the sacrifice? Paul tells us that the sacrifice is the best thing for us. We're supposed to sacrifice our body and souls to God. Sacrifice is a mindset. It's not just waking up saying, oh, sacrifice something. You've got to do it. Sacrifice is doing something. It's the measure of your obedience is the willingness to sacrifice. Just like a dog sitting there with a treat on his nose, when his owner's telling him he can't have the treat yet, until his owner says, get the treat. That's obedience. We've been chosen by God to live full-heartedly for him. He sent us his only son to save us from our sins, to grant us redemption through his grace. We're to live for him and keep him at the center of our lives. We're to recognize this true thing that God wants from us. And that's ourselves. That's not items. It's not money. That's, it's us. Oh, as I was preparing for scripture, for this service actually, Pastor Mike and uh, Keith kept asking me, you know, what's, what's your scripture? I'm like, I don't know, you haven't given it to me. So finally I figured out that I had to pick the scripture, which was fine by me because I was in the book of Romans at the time and I absolutely, this, this chapter just stuck out to me with, with just the beginning of Paul saying, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, a holy and pleasing to God. It's the true and proper worship. It's about six years ago, I was introduced to a little man that used to sit up here and sing Christmas carols year-round. <clears throat> Stan Wearson did a lot of great things in a lot of different lives. And... Uh, I met him and went to summer games, and it was more than that, though. It was more than summer games. Summer games was great, and it still is. Don't get me wrong. Stan and I met two to three times a week after that, through, my, through the end of my high school career and into college. And, you know, Stan would, you know, he'd only said to me once. He only gestured once about ministry. I was in school for fire science, and I said, oh, that's the, 
that's the route I'm going. That's how I'm going to, I want to save people's lives. You know, I want to run into that burning house. I want to be the one giving CPR. That's the, that's the job that I want. I want that pressure. Stan left. He's like, all right. We'll work with uh, giving you some scriptures so that if you're faced with somebody at the end of their life, you might introduce them to God for the first time or to reassure them that they have a Savior. Stan had been sick for, gosh, probably almost the entire time I knew him. In his last year of um, life, I really, really started to pay attention and really started to learn things from him. You know, he had all sorts of crazy lessons and methods to get through to people. That was Stan. But he, uh, where he taught most of us was in the hospital. You know, with his, with his sickness and everything, that, all the odds against him. The faith that he portrayed and just a living testament of his sacrifice. And Stan wasn't a perfect person. Nobody is. But he strived and he wanted us all to sacrifice the things that we have for God. Stan knew that and he called us out on it. Now as Stan took his last breath, the importance of time was huge. A sacrifice also stuck out. Um, a man that sacrificed so much to lead so many people to Jesus to truly save lives. Now, I got introduced to Pastor Mike Morgan through Stan's funeral, and I got, uh, I got introduced to uh, the program 412, and I went into it blind, didn't think anything of it. I obviously had wanted nothing to do with ministry, but after Stan had passed, I knew something needed to be done. I was tired of sitting around. I had finished... School. I had my fire science degree. I was testing at fire departments. I was making decent money. You know, I wasn't. I was going back to school. I was done. I was set. I uh, helped out with Advent Week last year. It was a, you know, Pastor Mike sent me this huge email like, "Hey, it'd be cool if you could come and talk." And about fifteen minutes is all we need out of you. I showed up. Five minutes is what I gave you. I, I remember getting down. He had a big old smile on his face, and, and I just kind of frowned at him and said, sorry, man, I bombed it. And he's like, see you in seminary, dude. He's like, you look good. The suit, the pulpit, he's like, fits perfect. I'm not the only one he said that to. Allison Padley's in seminary, too. So if he says you're going to seminary, watch out. You're going to seminary. I, uh, <laughs> you know, and then Pastor Keith comes along and, Oh, uh, him and Mike sitting in their office all day. <laughs> Talking, you know, sitting in their office all day. And, you know, this, this Mike had this stuck in his head. You know, seminary, seminary. I had I already gone to school. I have student loan debt. I'm making decent money. I'm not going back to school. There's no way. Money was, the, money was my huge thing. I'm not, there's no way. I'm not going into that debt. I, I'm already out of school. I got a good job. And Keith took me up to University of Dubuque. And I just went along to amuse him, you know. That's all right. It's okay. I sat down. I met the people I needed to meet. And I got an application form that's about a book thick. And uh, I come back and I sit on my counter. All right, that's it, you know. 
week and a half later, Mike's like, hey, did you get that thing filled out, sent in? No. Keith, same thing. No. And then I think Mike went a different approach and started calling the school because the school started calling me. <laughs> so it worked. But So I filled it out and sent it in. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get accepted anyway. I'm just, I'm just a character that welds garbage cans at a garbage company. Well, who's going to accept me in the seminary? Now, week of summer games, I got a phone call from Dubuque, and I'd been accepted. Yeah, I was laughing too. <laughs> but uh, also, something else that happened to me was a true test of sacrifice. It was right on the fence. What am I going to do? You know, I've had a lot of chances, a lot of opportunities my entire life. Nothing like this. And God was definitely behind it. You know, so I, I accepted. I made sacrifices. I stopped working in my 60-hour weeks. I stopped. I sold toys. I sold my nice, beautiful truck. All for that. That's what it's worth, right there. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm not looking for a pity party. I'm just telling you it's doable. It's a sacrifice. Yeah, I get weird looks going down the interstate playing my harmonica, driving to school every week, but you know what? I have fun. I entertain myself, and it's my alone time with God. This is worth it right here, having this opportunity to stand in front of you guys to talk to you about what God does and can do. You guys are wondering, you know, okay, that's how it works for you. How does it work for us? Prayer. You got to pray. You got to talk to God about what's going on in your heart. The sacrifice. You got to offer everything up to Him. Paul tells us to offer our body and our souls as a living sacrifice. That's not just saying that for just no reason. That's what God wants. He wants us to offer everything up. Everything on our heart, on our chest. He can handle it. He wants to. And we also need to see what we have to sacrifice. You can't sacrifice what you don't have. There's so many people in this world that say, I'll do this when I make this much money. I'll do this when I make this position at my job. When I get this, when I have these kids, then when my kids are moved out, then I can do this. Oh. When did that become the, the mentality? Paul tells us in verse 6 that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it dig- diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We need to find out what we're good at. That takes time. Sacrifice is time. Not only in that moment, but it's throughout your life. And as each of you look upon this past year, coming on the new year, and look at the sacrifices that you made, you might, even, you might smile or you might just frown upon yourself. Well, what was I doing? 
We need to talk about it to the people around us. That one person that you vent to, the person that you can go to for anything. I know my mom's that person to talk to. I'm kind of a mama's boy. I'll admit it. That's the person that I bring it to the surface with. Besides God. And it helps me out. It allows someone to hold you accountable. It allows you're vulnerable. That person is that person knows what's going on and they can ask you. And God's telling us not to wait. You know, we don't need to wait. You know, Paul tells us that you are not to hold yourself more highly than you ought. You know? Just because you come here every Sunday, just because you're a Christian, doesn't mean that, and you sacrifice things, doesn't mean you're a, a bigger, better person than anybody. But don't wait. Don't wait on the very things that God has for you. The plan, the sacrifice is what He wants. Something simple. Last week with Christmas, all the presents that we got, I guarantee you guys got some iPods or something that are pretty important, right? Do you, do you wake up every morning and check your email? Do you check Facebook, Twitter, before you open up the book, before you open up, start your day off with gospel? What are things that are so distracting that are in front of you that shouldn't be? So this world is... Is very good at that. That's that's the devil at, at, at play right there. It's trying to sidetrack you from what God wants. You know, people say I'll do this or I'll do that. That's it's not the mentality to have. God isn't asking us to wait. He's asking us to do. Just as I had experienced this, this doing part. I'm still going through it. It's not something that you just say, okay, I'm here, God. Let's do this. Do your thing. You've got to act upon action. I have, I have a lot of friends that say, you know, God's going to take care of it. But what are you doing to help God? But not transforming to this world. We experienced that la- this last week with Christmas. It's a great gift that God sent us, His Son, Jesus. Like, uh, like Isaac, Jesus was a sacrifice. But Jesus knew that His entire life, that he was, he was it. He was the reason. He was the sacrifice for us. Isaac questioned it. Isaac was had a substitute. Jesus didn't. When they were carrying him up to the cross, they didn't say, oh, there's an animal, there's another person. Abraham was willing to put his son on the altar and proved to God that he is a faithful man. He's willing. And he was offered a more suitable sacrifice. God will do that same thing for you. You're willing to sacrifice something, God's going to come tenfold back on you. I've tasted a little bit of it, and I know a lot of you have here. So why do we struggle with it? Why do we struggle? Why do we have that selfishness of the very things that God's given us to hold those close to us, to hold 
those priority over him. That's something we all struggle with. And just as God did this for Abraham, he was also going to do this for you. Now, what, what will it cost you to worship? What is worship to you, first of all? Is worship just singing along in your car? Is it just the only worship you have during the week, just singing here on Sunday mornings? You come here to, to fill up your tank and come back next Sunday when it's on E? Is that the only worship you have throughout the week? Worship's important. Certainly God will require us to lay whatever we have that's important and priority over him on the altar. Are we willing to do that? You know, I'm standing up here telling you that you're bad people and you're selfish and that you don't sacrifice enough. I'm asking you. Because these very questions, this very verse, is not this scripture is not just for you, it's for me as well. To ask myself, what am I sacrificing? What am I putting on the table? You see, something that I realize now is, you know, Stan didn't argue with me about ministry. But Mike and Keith did. I had my mind set on saving lives. But this is saving lives. This is, this is the route to go. It took me a while to figure that out. This past week, I've struggled with with this scripture a little bit it stuck out to me and I wasn't going to change my mind I about went crazy reading the first three verses your body and soul as a sacrifice and just think back to that story of Abraham and his son Isaac and I think of being here I have friends, I have family. Why do you do it, Andrew? Why are you going to school? That doesn't make any sense. You drive to Dubuque twice a week? You work full-time still? That doesn't make sense. I can explain so far as to why I'm doing it. But it's hard to explain why you do something to somebody that's not living it or has experienced it themselves. You know, I have, I have people that are excited for me. And I also have people that, they, they're just like, man, you go to church, isn't that good enough? Is that good enough? Go to church, you go to church too much. I think to myself, too much church? You know? But it's all worth it. It really is. Speaking from, from my personal experience, from the, those around me that I've heard their stories, the sacrifice that they've made, the life and the time that they're giving to you, to God. Because Him giving us His Son, coming here and dying for us, what else could we ask for? What, why, why shouldn't we? That should, be, that should be the first thing. Why haven't I done this? Why am I not doing more of it? So don't wait. Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we ask you this morning that whatever 
lies on our hearts, whatever, uh, whatever we have in our hearts that we need to sacrifice, that we bring it to you, God, that, that we'd be bold and courageous enough to, to ask you to help us with it and to, to see us through. And Lord, we ask that you just continue to surround us with the very blessings and the ability to come to you when we knock on that door and you open the door with arms wide, willing to take us in, all the, the bad things we've done, the sacrifices that we're going to make or we need to make, that you're going to help us. You're not going to leave us in the dark. Lord, we just thank you for the beautiful gift of your son that you sent here for us as an example and, and a way of life. And Lord, we just lift all these things up in your precious name. Amen. Hi, my name is Chuck Alexander. My wife, Sherry, and I give of our financial resources to First United Methodist Church. While we've been involved with a lot of the ministries here at our church, we especially like to be able to have the opportunity to give to a church that has such a strong youth and and children's ministries. We saw our girls grow up uh, in these programs in this church, and now we're blessed to be able to see our granddaughters start the same journey to grow their faith at FUMC. We hope that you'll come alongside of us with your support.